Hello, this is Darby, and I would like to welcome you to the In Between Podcast. I'm here today with my friend, Mike. What's up, friends? And Bethany. Hello. And today we're discussing Holy Week. We are recording this about midway through Lent, and it's been a wonderful conversation, just like a pre-conversation, mm. as we think through what we want to talk about regarding Holy Week and just kind of how to introduce it to people mm. who may not have a background with it and might just be curious about what what is Holy Week, what happens on each day, uh, what are some ways that you can observe it, how can you integrate your kids, maybe, mm. if you have them, and um, yeah, what, what, what are our hearts and our souls meant to engage during Holy Week? Now, Holy Week is not just Good Friday, like I kind of grew up thinking, <laughs> correct? Correct. Yeah. So it starts on Palm Sunday. Which is April 14th this year. April 14th yeah. this year. And it's the entire week leading up to Easter Sunday. Right. Yeah. So why don't we walk through each day and we'll kind of give a brief little rundown of maybe what's significant yeah. about or what we're observing yeah. on that day. To be clear, this is a part of the 40 days of Lent. So it's still... You're still fasting. You're still fast. Like you're still doing your thing. Um, still decorating with purple. Um, and it's 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 the culmination of this 40-day journey that we've been on. Um, the similar journey of Israel in the wilderness, Jesus in the wilderness, the beginning of his ministry. This is this is the the final week of... of uh, of Lent and that 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 final week of Jesus leading up to the cross. So, so let's talk for a second about Palm Sunday. Yeah. So day probably one. yeah, day one of Holy Week. We probably all have maybe some childhood memories of. I mean, I I think most Protestant churches do something to acknowledge Palm Sunday, and um, did any or did either of you actually get palm branches when you were a kid? We always made construction paper palms. Yeah. Out of nice. green paper. I, I mean, uh, palms weren't. I didn't. We didn't have quick, easy access to that. It's pretty much just an acknowledgement. Growing up, it was like, "Hey, today's Palm Sunday." Moving Jesus on. on a donkey. Yeah, exactly. You'd mm-hmm. sing but, some song that Hosanna. said Hosanna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So let's just talk for a quick second about the complication of Palm Sunday. Yeah. So there is some scholarly debate about whether it's even appropriate to call it Palm Sunday, and. The problem with calling it Palm Sunday is that it, or to use the phrase the triumphal entry, is that that makes it sound kind of one-dimensional. Like Jesus rode in to Jerusalem and it was like a big deal and everybody welcomed Mm -hmm. him and yay. And then, you know, we start the following week and it's really hard. But Mm -hmm. we know that um, as like a lot of people like to reflect that the people who were there cheering for him as he came in would have likely been part of the crowd calling for his crucifixion then on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Mm. Um, so let's reflect a and, little. Yeah, like, why, why is that? Like, why were they so excited? Like Jesus coming in on a donkey. Like, why was this? I mean, this was an image burned into the, the imaginations of the Jewish people because of what we read about Malachi. Right. Um, this, we get this vision of this, this savior type person riding in on a donkey victorious mm-hmm. and and so this image was one where jesus was coming to overthrow the romans jesus was coming as the messiah to set up the the kingdom that they had mm-hmm. been waiting for. he's intentionally selected a way of coming that's mm-hmm. going to activate all this messianic imagery yes, yes. 
And so the response to that is like, Hosanna. Hosanna. And yeah. it's political. Mm. Right. Yeah. More than anything, probably. Yeah. But we know that Jesus's mission wasn't necessarily a political mission only, but it was much more than that. And that's where the rest of the week comes in. All right. So let's move on then to Monday, which is called Holy Monday. What are we observing or what is significant to Christians on this day? Yeah. On this day, we think about Jesus cleansing the temple. So he's come to Jerusalem and uh, he's teaching in the temple. And while he's there, he observes the marketplace of people buying and selling um, sacrificial animals. Mm. And uh, he observes that there's um, maybe some fraudulent things happening with money, taking advantage of the, taking people. Advantage of the poor. Um, and there's dishonesty happening in the temple court. Where God and is so, to be worshipped. And that I think that's a, a, a right out of the gate a sign that Jesus wasn't just here to overthrow uh, unjust kings, but right. to overthrow unjust a disoriented worship, <laughs> like yeah. you know, Disordered like he's like, worship, hey, yeah. this is not what yeah. my the my father's house is intended for, uh, and so out of the gate, he's like, no, I'm I'm here for much bigger things and just political reformation. But yeah, so they expect him to be there to critique Rome and take yeah. Rome on, and instead he goes into the temple mm. and starts with his own house, mm. like he's house cleaning with his own people, mm-hmm. and it's. It's in my recollection, it's one of the only times we really we don't see Jesus lash out physically any other time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is like, that's good. Yeah. But he's he's really passionate about cleaning the Lord's house, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. keeping that the purpose for gathering to worship, keeping that the thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also we see at the at the end of that day in Scripture, Mary uh, anointing Jesus's feet with oil and her tears and wiping them with her hair, um, which we'll see Jesus doing later with his disciples, washing their feet. But we see this immediately, this preparation for, for burial almost with this expensive perfume. And um, this isn't a blessing, only a blessing to Jesus, but it offends the people that he's with, particularly Judas, who will play a part in the Holy Thursday. So if you want to go to scripture and read about these things. Um, Luke 19 and John 12 is where you'll find uh, the, the story of the triumphal entry and the cleansing of the temple and the, the cleansing of Jesus's feet, the washing of Jesus's feet. So on Tuesday of Holy Week, we have Jesus interacting with the religious authorities in the temple, and he's starting to prophesy more explicitly about his death And then this is also the day that we remember the famous discourse on the Mount of Olives. So um, if you want to read that, um, that text is John chapter 12, verses 20 through 36. So he's giving um, on that Tuesday, he's giving some last reflections. He's starting to, you know, prepare his people um, for what's coming. And he's giving them final thoughts um, before his crucifixion. So it's a day of teaching and it's a day of um, preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of good to keep those scriptures at hand that day and re- remember them and meditate on them. It's a Wednesday. Holy Wednesday. Holy Wednesday. Or also in my extensive Wikipedia research, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I learned that you. They also call it some uh, denominations call it Spy Wednesday. Dun, Have you heard dun, of that? Dun, 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 That's exactly dun, what I thought of. I was dun, like, dun, Spy dun, Wednesday. Dun, dun. What is this Spy Wednesday? Well, it's like so. Can it's, every Wednesday be can, Spy yeah, Wednesday? Yeah, I think we're going to start Wednesday. that, by the way. You're just sneaking around. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it it's talking about, you know, this is when Judas hmm. started arranging his yep. betrayal yeah. um, of Jesus. And so some faiths call it Spy Wednesday, which I thought was pretty interesting because I've never heard that. Yeah, that is but Holy Wednesday, yeah, never, I think, is what it's more commonly yeah. <laughs> called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is good if you have kids. Yeah. Spy Wednesday. Yeah, if you want to embody Holy Week, <laughs> sneak around the house with your kids. Get everybody a little pair of binoculars or <laughs> a little bow tie camera. I don't know if you want to embody the life of Judas, though. Yeah, Judas is like yeah. not the one that we want to embody. True. Um, but yeah, he Judas uh, plots with the Sanhedrin to to kill Jesus. We read about this in Matthew twenty six and Mark fourteen and Luke twenty two. Um, and this is, this is kind of where the story takes a dark turn. Like the, the week really, uh, hinges here on the, on this Wednesday and, and, you know, propels Christ to, to what we see him avoiding a lot of times. We see him like, you know, this gospel saying he didn't go to Jerusalem because of the people seeking to kill him. And so he was purposefully not going to Jerusalem because of this reality that people wanted to see his ministry end. Um, but at the, t- the time had come and uh, everything was in motion with Judas and the Sanhedrin, the religious rulers. And, and uh, yeah, they, they were, they were setting the plans to capture, to arrest Jesus and to kill him. So Wednesday is really the pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from Wednesday, we turn to Maundy Thursday. And I just have to ask if any of you guys- Mo- Monday Thursday? Thought it was Monday <laughs> Yo, all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what is this word? Yeah. Mo- it's Monday Thursday. <laughs> Monday Thursday. <laughs> so confusing. Maundy Thursday. What what does that mean? Do you know? Do you know? Anybody? Well, it, it's rooted in this Latin word that I'm not going to pretend that I know how to pronounce. Mandatus. Mandatus. And it's- its meaning is commandment. And we see on Thursday, uh, Jesus sitting down with his disciples for the Passover meal, and he's washing their feet. They're coming in for this meal, and he's wrapping a towel around his waist and washing their feet. And he gives them a commandment to love each other. This is found in... John 13. John 13. Mm -hmm. And um, he commands them to love one another. Um, That's how people will know you're my disciples. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we we seeing we're seeing this modeled in the moment by Jesus, the 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 creator of the universe, the 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 king, the Messiah, on his hands and knees washing these dirty fishermen's feet, um, and he you know we we know the story continues and he he dies for them. He dies for us. And so this is just this picture of humility and love that Christ calls us to exemplify um, on this Thursday, on this Holy Thursday. So when you hear the word mandi, think of the word mandate. Hmm. So our yep. mandate from Christ is to love one another. So that's really what's happening on Maundy Thursday. Again, he has one kind of, he's entering the final hours and he's giving one last mandate, the most important mandate. So anyway, that's the origin of Maundy and uh, what it needs to call to mind when we think about it. Mm-hmm. So for Monday Thursday, 
uh, we go to Good Friday, hmm. and we enter what's called the Holy Triduum. Yes, Triduum, and that nice. includes Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And Triduum is just, it just means three days. Mm-hmm. So we think about the Holy Triduum as one long meditation and one sort of uninterrupted period of reflecting on Christ's crucifixion and death. So we are not engaging the celebration of resurrection yet, but these days typically would be days of um, really like a lot of gathering at mm-hmm. church, a lot of time together. Um, our church offers, uh, we have a Good Friday service, but mm-hmm. we don't meet on Thursday or on Saturday. Um, but I wish we did. Yeah. And um, it's a time for Christians to be together mm-hmm. frequently and to engage with what's happening in the text mm-hmm. and to um, kind of just walk that journey mm-hmm. together. So oftentimes it's traditional um, during the triduum to not conclude a service with a benediction, but to view every service, like a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday service, all as one service. Mm. Like the service would begin on Thursday and then continues and then ends with the vigil on Holy Saturday. It's kind of the conceptual way that... Um, kind of like a Christmas Eve mass. It would be like an Easter Easter mass vigil. or Easter service yeah. at, at midnight. Is that how There's that a, is it's, seen? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if... And the language I often hear is vigil language. And that's just the Sunday morning service. Nope. It oh. would be like being up through the night awaiting the resurrection. Interesting. Or okay. part of the night or yeah. an hour yeah. or yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Good Friday, um, it's obviously, you know, the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's tons of scripture here um, ranging from Jesus's betrayal in the garden, uh, to his arrest, to his trial, to him being laid in the tomb. Um, and so as you're progressing through late Thursday night all the way into late Saturday night, um, there's a handful of scriptures here. And rather than us just rattling off a bunch of references, uh, we'll put some resources in the show notes that will mm-hmm. kind of help guide you through. Um, if if you don't have a service to go to, at least in your personal devotion, you could go through these scriptures and kind of uh, walking yourself through each stage. So then we come to Holy Saturday. Yeah, Holy Saturday is the day of Jesus' burial when he remains in the tomb. And um, this is a time before we know that he's coming back, that he's about to be resurrected. So um, this is a day of vigil. It's often a day when people observe quiet Mm. for a few hours. Um, And it's a day of mourning. Yeah, it's kind of the... I mean, we talked about this a little bit before we hit record, but it's it's kind of like when you're walking out of a hospital room, you just watch a loved one pass away, like that empty feeling, that feeling of like, what do we do now? Like we're we're imagining the disciples, Jesus' followers, feeling that same thing on Saturday. Like, what in the world just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, our the man that we thought that, w- that was a Messiah, we just we just you know, shouted Hosanna to him on Sunday and watched him die on a cross yesterday. And now he's, he's gone. Like what in the world? And so you, I'm imagining it's a, a, a day full of just wrestling with doubt and mm. fear. And like he, Jesus promised a lot of things. Are those promises over now? And, um, and the church, the Christians were scattered. Yeah. I mean, they were in hiding and they, yeah, they thought they were, they were going to be arrested and killed yeah. too. They thought the Romans mm-hmm. and the other religious leaders were going to come after them next. With a little exception, I would give a shout out to the women who stayed with Jesus through the whole thing. 
because there were some who did. Oh, and and that's so true. Like the women were, <laughs> the women were anticipating going to to visit his tomb, right? Yeah, and they stayed. It, they stayed through his crucifixion. It, it, yeah, and they didn't scatter. So that's that's cool. So yeah, you can read about the the chief priests and the Pharisees guarding the tomb, um, thinking that the you know their man made uh, means could keep the savior of the universe uh, closed up in Matthew twenty seven at the, towards the end of that chapter there. I think it's really an important thing to kind of, we, we've touched on this a little bit, but I'm, I'm interested in the question that I find in the Sacred Ordinary Days Planner, which this book is um, so helpful and good for anybody who's practicing the liturgical calendar. Um, so... Go to Sacred Ordinary Days and order yourself one. The question, um, under the questions to ponder section, I feel like gives us a really important, um, just gives shape to kind of that whole thing of like, what are we doing in our own souls? We know the circumstances that the Gospels are laying out, but how do we, other than just being there in our imaginations and mm-hmm. our prayers as witnesses, mm. how do we think about this um, in a deeper and more personal way? And the question in the book is, how willing am I to enter into the suffering of Jesus? How am I responding to the reality of his arrest, death, and burial? In what ways am I being invited to die to myself mm. in order that I might more fully live in God? Mm. And um, anyway, I'm interested in yeah. your thoughts, especially in that last question. How am I being invited to die to myself in order that I might live more fully to God? Yeah, I I was thinking about this this morning. Um, I was um, reading a reading the Psalms, and it reminded it kind of bounced me to where Paul was talking about how we're united with Christ in His death, and we sing the song at Coram Deo, uh, um, "Come come boldly to the throne of grace." And there's this line in the song where it, it says, where we sing, um, "Those He kills." He makes alive, and just singing that 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 string of words, singing about Jesus killing us, is just weird to sing. Mm-hmm. And it's like he doesn't do that. But if if what we know about sin and the old self, the the flesh, and being united with Christ in his death actually means we are dying. Like we are united with him in our, in his death and we too must die so that we can be made alive in Christ. Um, be made a new creature, a new creation that all this passed away, the new has come. That's just a fascinating thing to ponder, especially Mm. the week of Holy week as Jesus is journeying towards death. So are we, we're united with him in that. Mm. And what parts of us have to die? Mm. What parts of the old self are still kind of lingering around? Mm-hmm. Like what parts have we ignored? What what sins have we kind of suppressed and not paid attention to that actually need to come out this week mm-hmm. so that we can kill them, so that they can be killed by Christ, so that we can be made new? I think it takes a lot of strength and courage to stand with that question. I think there's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a super countercultural question right. to ask. When the thought that any part of you might need to die, um, that's a that's a really countercultural question to ask and thing to wrestle with. But I was thinking about 
<laughs> I was talking, I think I talked before about how I was going to try to read my kids um, the C.S. Lewis book, The Great Divorce, <laughs> which just, we just could not hack it. Like it didn't go, it just didn't get off the ground. We went back to Chronicles of Narnia, which is, which is great. Like it's a perfectly yeah. respectable thing to read during Lent. Totally. However, um, uh, there's that scene in The Great Divorce where um, the guy comes up. So he, um, the premise of that book is um, there are these spirits who are in hell and they take a bus to heaven and the question really at play there is, can they can they tolerate heaven? Can they accept heaven? Mm. It's not like, is anybody in heaven going to accept them? Yeah. It's like, can do they can they be humble? Can they connect with joy? Mm. Um, and so here's the spirit, and he's witnessing other spirits trying to sort of evaluate whether they want to go to heaven or not. And the narrator is watching as a spirit comes up from hell, and he's got this like. Like, I don't know if it's a little monster or a dragon or something, this little red beast kind of twined around his head. And it's a symbol of this lifelong lust mm. that he wrestled with. And he's got this lust wound around him, whispering in his ear. And the spirit from heaven comes to speak to him. It's like a friend of his from his past life. And his friend is like, you should stay. It's amazing here. Mm. It's it's real. It's wonderful. But that that little dragon thing's got to go. Mm. And it's this super intense scene of the heavenly spirit speaking with the spirit from hell, trying to persuade him to let let him kill it. Like, mm. let's kill this because you can't go forward unless this thing goes. Like, it's got to be dead. And it's this really powerful, um, you know, the... The dragon is whispering, but if if you if I die, mm. you die. Mm. It's pleading for its little life, and it's like, <laughs> don't kill me. If, if anything happens to me, what will you even be? You won't even exist. Mm. Um, anyway, it's like a really and then so when the creature is killed, then there's real freedom. Mm. Like then there's the movement forward into this more substantial, free, authentic, beautiful life, and mm. that's to me a nice picture nice isn't really the word that's a good picture of what it means to think about what is there in my soul that needs to die yeah mm -hmm. so that i can you know stop living my false stop living in a false self and live in the in an authentic authentically human way mm -hmm. so anyway mm -hmm. okay so how then do we practice holy week um what 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 are what are some ways that we can embody the life of Christ leading up to his death um um so that we can engage it the best that we can even yeah. even if we're a part of a church that doesn't have the all these special services mm -hmm. even Coram Deo doesn't have all the services mm -hmm. um how do we how do we do that how do we engage i think the best and first thing is just to read 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 like mm -hmm. get into the word and read the passages for each day yeah um and this is a really good time if your reading has been flagging at all mm -hmm. or your focus has been flagging this mm -hmm. is such a great time to grab the scripture and yeah. really like every day set aside time yeah. to connect with what's happening during yeah. the week mm -hmm. that day mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that I have really come to love um, at our church is we started we've had a good Friday service for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, but a couple years ago, we started doing a Tenebrae service on Good Friday, which I didn't know what it was. Um, but Tenebrae is a Latin word, and it means shadows or darkness, I yeah. believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so 
how we practice it at Coram Deo is uh, we have readings that walk through starting in the garden with his rest and then ending at his crucifixion mm-hmm. and death and burial. Um, and so we have scripture readings. We have mu- It's music, um, but we're listening to it. So it's more yep. contemplative. Yep. Um, and so one of my favorite parts about this is that we have candles lit for each scripture reading. And after the end of that scripture reading, whoever's read the scripture goes and puts the candle out. So the idea is that it's starting out kind of bright, but it's getting darker and darker mm-hmm. until eventually all that's left is the Christ candle. Mm-hmm. And um, we have the person who's leading the service generally will come up and take the Christ candle out mm-hmm. of the room, like walk out of the room and we'll have a brief moment of just silence. And that symbolizes Christ's death. Mm-hmm. And then the person brings the candle back in. And it's like, it's pitch, it's nearly pitch black yeah. in our room. So you see this, the only source of light walk out and mm-hmm. then come back in, mm-hmm. signifying that Christ is coming. The story's not over. Yeah, it's not over. And yeah. so I just think that's a really powerful, I had never experienced a service like that. And so mm-hmm. if you if you can find a church that has a tenebrae service, I think check it out. It'd be yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. It would also be possible to do a tenebrae service at home. Yeah. Um, totally. So, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah. I, I mean, thinking about that question, you know, Thursday, I grew up doing like the the meal on the floor. Like we would have a Passover meal yes. with like lamb and, yes. and all the dipping sauces and... Uh, we would almost like rehearse a Passover, a, a historical Passover meal. And so um, us kids would run around the room looking for the leaven. You know, you, you had to like <laughs> look for the leaven and make sure there was no leaven in the house and things like that. And um, But now we've we've done like bread nights with the kids on Thursday nights. And, and sometimes we've invited our gospel community into that where we won't have a big meal, but we'll just eat bread and we'll have some wine and juice for the kids and... Um, and just kind of a real simple meal, just kind of doing something different to set that night apart, um, acknowledging the things that were happening on that Thursday, that Passover meal. Um, and uh, last year, I got together with some friends in my living room at midnight, uh, praying up till midnight um, and reading scriptures up till midnight Um trying to stay awake probably a lot like the disciples <laughs> were trying to stay awake but failing could you not watch with Jesus, me one hour exactly man um yeah it, it, it was it was a cool experience but it was difficult and you kind of kind of felt that weight that the disciples were um feeling in that moment too so those are some ways in which i've tried to embody like that thursday night mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. you guys kind of mentioned I think a few times in this podcast the stations of the cross. Oh yeah. What what is that for somebody who might not know or understand? So the stations of the cross are uh like a little walk that you can take. Um sometimes the stations of the cross are set up outside, sometimes they're set up around a room. At each station you have um a moment depicted either with a little picture or a few lines of text where you remember one of the stops along Jesus walk from uh, his trial to um, Calvary, where mm-hmm. he is going to die. So um, each one of those has a little prompt of someone that you can 
relate to or think about from that story. Um, it might have a prompt for you to pray for people who, um, for instance, um, when Jesus hands his mother over to the Apostle John for his care, um, the prompt might be pray for mothers who have lost a child mm. um, or pray for people who are grieving or dealing with loss. So it's it's a way to um, walk the road of Jesus and think about his suffering and also connect to Christians and people around the world dealing with specific just pain, loss, um, difficulty. It's just like a way to awaken our empathy and our awareness as we think about Jesus. We also think about his body, metaphorically, the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah. So anyway, the Stations okay. of the Cross are something that um, I encountered at a Catholic retreat center for the first time. And I just like really appreciate it as a way to um, just kind of slowly digest that road that Jesus walked and think about it. And this year I would like to have my kids come along. And I, I don't know how much they would um, connect with it, but there there's time. Like if it, if it's not a huge success this year, we'll try it again next year. But um, yeah, anyway, it's, that's a really cool way to get children involved. And I suppose that you could find your own, Stations of the Cross information and set up Stations of the Cross in your backyard or, you know, if there's yeah. no uh, way for you to use, you know, to get to a place where it's already set up. So. Yeah. When I think of some things that I just find myself going to each year during this time is uh, um, this album from New York Hymns um, called uh, Songs of Lent. Um, but specifically, the, they're all based off the Stations of the Cross. And so um, music is just one of those ways in which I, 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 I kind of, I'm attracted to. I love music, and I'm just always finding music to kind of help uh, accompany a season of my life. And so that's one album I always find myself going to this time of year, specifically Holy Week. And then um, Crossway Publishers has this uh, resource um, called The Final Days of Jesus. And they they kind of walk through, similar to what we did, um, but with um, theologians and pastors just kind of giving more historical context to what was going on. Fantastic. And it just helps you kind of like know so that you can engage yeah. with your emotions and your heart um, those days leading up to um, Easter. And so I like I like visiting that. Uh, you were talking about diving into the scriptures each day. Yep. This is one of those things that kind of helps me do that because mm-hmm. um, they have all the scriptures listed in and I can just thumb through them and, and, and read through them. Um, some music that I love to listen to during this time. Okay, so there's... Like, if you come from the evangelical subculture, like, this is just, like, this is the time for the anthems. <laughs> All the big, like, heart-pounding, yeah. Sandy Patty anthems. Preach. Yeah. Bethany's aunt used to sing them for yeah. special music. Special music. Was it a morning like this? Totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. All the Sandy Patty, all the Twyla Paris Yep. Yeah. So um, there's a lot about that that's sort of you listen to it and they're like, there's a little twinkle of humor, but some of it's genuinely it's so good. good. Yeah. Like if you can just like kill the cynicism and get into it with all your heart, 
there is so much money there. It's awesome. So um, I love Keith Green. Totally grew up with a dad who was Keith Green inspired, especially when I was young. And so the Easter song is like a perpetual favorite. And then, okay, this is a deep dive. This is what this one's like. This is not for everybody. But (laughs) John Michael Talbot. Do you guys know? Yeah. Yeah. Gandalf guy. Okay, so um, he's like a monk. Jesus Jesus movement Gandalf. Catholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So super cool. In 1979, he released an album. It's one of his first albums. You guys, oh my gosh. It's called The Lord's Supper. You can find it on Spotify. You should totally listen to it. It is crazy, but it's not for everybody. But if you like, like, you know, if Gandalf was leading a medieval... Worship a service. I don't know. Worship service. <laughs> yes. Go try it. Okay. I am serious. It's great. The other thing that I really like for um for this season is the Bifrost Arts Lamentations album. Oh it's God. so okay. solid. Why it's just a classic. It's so now. good. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it's just called Lamentations. Yep. Um Sacred Ordinary Days has a really good mm-hmm. uh playlist for Lent mm-hmm. and Holy Week. Yeah. So dig that. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's an amazing time for classical music. So all yeah. the, you know, all the passions, the Listen St. John, the St. Bach. Matthew, all the Bach. You can. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening with us. And um, some of you have sent us messages at our little email address, and we have loved it. Thank you so much if you've written in. We have loved and treasured every single message. Send more. Okay, so if you want to follow us on um, Instagram, we are at the In Between Pod. We have resources that we throw up there and little inspirational thoughts every every so often. Um, you can also rate us and review us on uh, whatever website you or whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. We would appreciate that so much, and we hope that the remaining days of Lent are rich and that your Holy Week is wonderful and full of hope, even as we lament and go through the dark times that we lament with hope so anyway thanks for listening bye